Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of my favorite ordinary fall things are snuggly sweaters, crisp, cool evenings, and digging all my boots back out of the closet again. And a few of mine are apples from the local orchard, the cashmere sweater I found at a thrift store, and the first fire in our wood stove. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Chrissy Purifoy, I have now known you for 20 years and 100 podcast episodes. Oh. <laughs> At first I thought, oh, wow, did she do the math? <laughs> I cannot believe today is our 100th recorded conversation, because let's be real, we've probably had thousands over the last 20 years, but 100 public ones. I know, it is amazing. And there's something about that number. It's big, I think, and it's so rounded off, and it's like a century of podcasts. Whoa. Or we're like kindergartners who've done our 100 days of school, and we can now stick pom-poms all over our shirts or something. <laughs> Look at me. I'm wearing a t-shirt with 100 Cheerios glued to it right now. <laughs> no. Well, I feel like you went above and beyond because you, okay, this was a first for me. You surprised the socks off of me with your 100th celebration gift that arrived yesterday afternoon. I really, Chrissy Purifoy, kudos to you, dear <laughs> listeners. My friend Chrissy blew my mind, and as she knows, I enjoy giving gifts. It is like one of my favorite things to figure out the perfect gift, but I had only been thinking about these 100 episodes as like a work thing, you know? Like in my work, in my job, I have you know done 100 of these. We must make sure we say something about it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We'd been thinking about it this week, and then Peter texted. He called me, and he was like, whoa, Lisa Joe, you got a huge box of flowers from farm girl flowers and they're like the fancy flowers and I said to him, wait what I don't have a book coming out I haven't launched anything like what could it be and when I opened them and saw they were from you and that you wrote so there are many things that made me cry of course they did about the flowers but first of all you wrote on the card a hundred conversations no one I'd rather have a hundred conversations with here's to the next hundred and I just thought what does that say our friendship made it <laughs> hundred public <laughs> conversations and that you still want to keep talking to me. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> uh, I love that Peter called you. That makes me really happy that he got excited too. You know, and I think there's like a story within a story, right? Because it's true that you um, are a really good gift giver. And I really have learned that. I'm sure I knew that before we began the podcast, but I feel like I have learned that knowledge of you has been um, just become much more apparent to me over the course of doing the podcast because often you would arrive for podcast recording with a gift or um, just it, like when books came out, you always had the perfect gift. At Christmas, you were good at, at giving gifts. And so over the years, I've become aware of this gift of yours, which is being a good gift giver and also felt within me the lack of it. <laughs> but here's the thing, you share 100 conversations with someone and not only do you get to know them better but you are invited, I think, I mean, I'm never going to be you, right? I'm not going to 
turn magically turn into the kind of gift giver you are. And yet this bit of you has rubbed off on me enough that I think I recognized a week ago, this is an opportunity to do that wonderful thing Lisa Joe does. And <laughs> let's see if I can do it. And I did. Yay. You really <laughs> did. I, I was so blown away. And then like, I love how layered and intentional the gift was because not only did you send flowers, you sent dahlias, which if you've been listening to us for 100 Conversations, you know we have told many a story about dahlias and Christy's bitter love-hate relationship with them right. because they require digging up the tubers in winter and you know storing them and then replanting them. And I feel like you've rubbed off on me that I recognize those flowers as dahlias. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I think that these are dahlias. I remember us describing them. I remember Googling them after conversations with you. I told Peter, I think that these are dahlias. And when I sent you my thank you (laughs) message and I was like, I think you sent me dahlias. Like I was like, please let it be right. (laughs) Oh, and you were right. And of course, what I really wanted to do is send you dahlias from my own garden, but that's I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> the next best thing. <laughs> and they looked really beautiful. They actually maybe looked better than what's growing in my garden right now. Oh, they're so, <laughs> so gorgeous. And they're all these bright fall mm, colors. It's mm-hmm. funny because they're flowers, but they look like little mini trees. Like there's red and yellow and orange. That's and it's true. like a cluster Autumn of trees. Colors. They're so beautiful. Yeah, and yes. I, did, I got all emotional about the flowers. And of course, then I took lots of pictures and I put it on Instagram and I found the right soundtrack for it. And I cried and Zoe sat next to me. It was so cute. She was rubbing my back. And she was like, Mom, you deserve these flowers. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I was like, thank you. And then I discovered at the bottom of the box was more treats. And there's a box, of course, of cakes and like baked goods that are from Bougie Bakes. I was dying. <laughs> like the box alone was my favorite thing. It was so awesome. So Christy, wow, you've definitely won this round of gift giving. Not that it's a competition. <laughs> It might, like, I know myself well, Lisa Joe. It Do not expect great things from me in future. This might be my <laughs> that, one and like, only shining yeah, moment. <laughs> tied you over for a while, but we're not keeping score. And I kind of think that's part of what we want to talk about in this conversation, because it's tempting to say, oh, 100 episodes, and it's a way of keeping score. We're really good as human beings at keeping score, whether it's how many episodes you've recorded or how old you are, or how many kids you have or don't have, or how much you earn or how much you work. Man, the list is endless, but there was something about those flowers that reminded me, oh, it isn't just about a hundred work to-dos checked off a list. No, no. This is about a deepening relationship with a friend that has nothing to do with how many conversations we've had. And that was so meaningful. And I think really, which is so nice is the the brings us back to the you know the story behind the podcast when we initially started the very first story we told was about teeny tiny little grass seeds and how everything big starts small and so i think there's something about flowers showing up right that just feels <laughs> like you've somehow completed that story loop oh, so perfectly true. That's true. Like those seeds we planted. And I just, I hope it's okay if I share this. I didn't clear this with you ahead of time, Lisa Joe. But um, I just want to say that even though we're very sure that this is the 100th recorded episode, <laughs> both of us uh, had to check in because we could not remember if we started the podcast three years ago or two years ago. And so. I still feel unsure about that. I do too. It could have been 100 years these it days. Could- <laughs> 
<laughs> so to a certain extent, I think you and I um, mesh so well and are so well suited as friends because neither one of us is really that good at like keeping track at those those sorts of things. But it's true, those grass seeds that we talked about in the first episode have here, 100 episodes later, grown into a bouquet of flowers. And um, a bouquet of flowers that, yeah, looks like a tree, but let's be honest, we haven't grown a forest. I mean, I don't know. What, <laughs> right, what is right. 100, did not what does 100 a even forest. mean? I can't, I can't decide, is that a big thing or just a, an ordinary thing? And, and maybe it's, it's all those things. I don't know. So I guess how I'm thinking of it is this, Lisa Joe. I don't really know what to make of that number 100. Have we arrived? Have we, should someone hand us a trophy? Uh, <laughs> is there <laughs> something, a certificate going to come in the mail? Does it mean something? I don't know. Maybe we'll unpack some of that in this conversation, but I do know this. I think 100 is certainly an invitation it's an invitation to pause, to reflect, to consider, to look back, and most of all, to give thanks. Just oh, to give thanks that. for all these good conversations. Yeah. 100 feels like if if we're trying to unpack it in the upside down way that we tend to do here, it feels like a sense of wholeness, right? Just because yeah. it's a rounded number like that. So whether it's big or small number, and I too don't really have a frame of reference for this, I've been talking to Peter this week again about the Hebrew understanding of the word shalom. Hmm. And we in English translate that in a very limited essence as peace. But it really doesn't unpack what's in that word. Really what that word, word is Shalom and peace is really talking about wholeness. And when it does that, it's kind of like a triangle. There are these three points that the Hebrew person would have understood if they used the word shalom, and they would have said, shalom means to have knowledge of something, which means you have a responsibility to that thing, which means you then care for it. So knowledge oh. of equals responsibility to equals care for, which equals wholeness. And so when the flowers arrived, I think for me, it was a reminder, right? Like wholeness, friendship, health, conversation, life, arriving, whatever that is. It means this. It means knowing each other and being responsible for each other and caring for each other. And man, may that be the thing we measure more than the clicks on a ruler, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's this invitation to savor something rather than to just measure it. And there's yeah. something in the savoring. So I love that. Let's link that up with sh with shalom. I don't know that this this is really interesting. So I always thought of shalom. I too, I realized had a somewhat limited idea of it. I I thought of it as peace. Um, I did think of it as wholeness, but that three part relationship, um, that responsibility toward, that caring for, I don't think I realized that. So if we're invited in this moment of our 100th conversation, um, not to measure it like with a ruler, but to savor it, I bet in the savoring, there is also, savoring isn't just consuming. Ooh, good. Savoring is like fulfilling my part of it, like a meal has been laid out. Mm. Not only that, a meal has been prepared. Not only that, but food has been grown to, to be turned into this food. And so when I savor it, I'm like fulfilling my, um, I'm caring for that food, right? Like, how do you care for a meal? You don't leave it there on the <laughs> table until it goes cold, which is what my children might do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and we know, you know, if we are the cooks in the house, uh, cooking for children or grandchildren or, you know, 
spouses, who knows? We know that, you know, if they don't touch the food we made, um, if we didn't put that much care into it, then, you know, we're annoyed. But if it's Thanksgiving and I've been up since 6 (laughs) a.m., right? (laughs) Then the whole family has a responsibility to that feast I put on the table. So, yeah, maybe this conversation is an invitation for us to um, remember that aspect of it and that even good gifts. And goodness, this podcast has been such a good gift as our friendship has been such a good gift. The fact that it is a good gift means we get to enjoy it and we get to take seriously um, the place it has in our lives and our own um, responsibility toward it. So maybe that's, I think that deep down was, was it taps into that urge I felt to do something for you or to, or to remind, not, re- not remind you like I felt like you needed reminding. It wasn't that, but like to show up for you in the form of a gift in a way that would, I hoped, somehow fulfill a small part of what the point of all these conversations have been, which is a getting to know one another and a loving one another and a moving deeper into friendship. And so sending a gift of flowers that I really did try to time according to, you know, when I knew we would sit down to record this um, was my response. And again, not to toot my own horn, but I think it's something that has been cultivated in us through these conversations, this sense of really paying attention to the small things and realizing like that's that's where the good stuff is that's that's what if when we when we're faithful to our responsibilities to the small ordinary things of life um that's that's what matters most like that's where the that's what that's the soil the flowers grow out of that's where the forests come from um start there look small rather than keeping our eyes focused on the horizon. Where's the next big thing? You know, where, <laughs> where are those flowers I want to see, but instead to pay attention to the seeds we have in our own hands. Man, Christy, you did real good, friend. You did real good. <laughs> <laughs> really. And I think it made me feel so seen because there's something about, I love this concept of that, you know, laying out a meal, right? That the, the podcast feels like a meal. And the thing you and I, this feels a little bit like a trilogy from the last two episodes where we talked about bread. We talked about how we don't want to take shortcuts as Christians and just say, oh, Jesus says he's the bread. Therefore, you know, only eat holy things. But on the way there, you have to eat bread. Right. <laughs> so, on the way, eat bread. <laughs> yes. And when we talk about when we talk about 100 episodes and we think about it being a meal, since you and I love to talk in terms of food, you know, in Scripture, it's really interesting when Jesus is who calls himself the bread at the end there where he's offering them bread and he's telling them it's his body and it's the communion, but he says the words take and eat. And take is to receive, right? It's not to to grow the weed. It's not to do the work. It's not to set the table. It's just to take, to take and eat. And there's something about our, just our lives really as human beings. I won't even say our culture because I think this transcends our culture, but we've, we've always wanted to count. We've wanted to not just take and eat. We've wanted to say, how much do I have to eat compared to how much you have to eat? And oh, how does your table so look compared true. to my table? Like we are yeah. incapable of just like <laughs> receiving the good food, you know, yeah. <laughs> take and eat and recognizing in that moment, like that's an expression of of humility, of receiving, of saying, I didn't do anything for this. I just received it. And that's part of what we wanted to make sure whoever's listening today hears us say that 100 episodes, please don't hear that number and think, oh, wow, I'm just trying to start a podcast and I feel behind. Or 
shouldn't they have been bigger by now? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you're thinking that. That would be one of the things I think sometimes. Like The point of this is that, man, we want to remind ourselves in these conversations that so little of what happens in our lives is because of anything we have accomplished. God is constantly saying, here, take and eat. You know, whether it's the job you have or the kids you have or the work you do or the family you're related to or the house you love or the flowers you grow or the gift that arrives from a friend, it really is a take and eat moment. And it requires a degree of humility to zip it with the counting. <laughs> just <laughs> receive the food and just only say, mmm, tastes delicious. Like, that's it. Lisa Joe, I have a little story. And um, since you have been praising me in this episode and I've been tooting my own horn about this great gift I give, <laughs> perhaps it is appropriate to tell a story <laughs> that will show our listeners a whole other side of me, a really terrible, shameful side of me. Um, and it involves my family. So I wonder, you know, my siblings always listen to these episodes as well. I don't know if they will know this story. I might have some hard conversations with them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I confess what I can remember doing as a child. So at Easter time, I may have done this at other times, but the memory is Easter. Uh, my mom was really good about um, preparing little Easter baskets for us for Sunday morning, and they would always have um, chocolates and candies in them. And especially, I can remember being um, at an age where we all, my my si my sisters and my mom and I, really loved this candy called a um, a Cadbury. Oh, what the was it? Cadbury? Those Cadbury Easter oh, eggs. Yes, that, yes. That are like a real. They're like a chocolate yes. egg, but they're like real, and you open them, and it's like a yolk almost. Yes. But it's sugary. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So this was just the best thing ever. So it was a big deal that there would be usually several Cadbury eggs in our little baskets. And we just all loved them. And we would, we would at least for the first one, savor them together, you know, on uh, Easter morning. But Lisa Joe, I would do this really awful oh, thing. I'm really excited about <laughs> this, actually. <laughs> I would pretend in front of my sisters that I had finished all of my eggs. <laughs> so that they would go ahead and finish their eggs. And then once they had, and I was sure, had eaten, let's say, all three, you know, over the weekend, their Cadbury eggs, or the week, I don't know how long we, we saved them, then I would go and pull out my hidden <laughs> wrong with Cadbury so Easter weird. egg, <laughs> I and I would show it off <laughs> and enjoy it in front of them. <laughs> Christy Purifoy, oh my word. And that is so, like, what satisfaction did that give you? Like, that's so weird. Were you just like, I have one and you don't, and you get to savor it somehow tastes better if they are wishing no, they had it? I mean, I feel like I was, I was clearly ruining it, right? I was ruining the whole thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I almost don't want to look too closely at that because of what it reveals about goodness, what might be deep down inside of me. I hope it's not there anymore. But yeah, it just seems like a really wicked thing to do, right? <laughs> to rub that in their face. Like, ha ha, you're, you know, you ate yours and I still have one. And look at me licking the chocolate egg. I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but I remember that story when you said like, Jesus actually has to tell us like, take and eat 
don't sit there counting. Don't go build a bigger barn and stick it in the barn. I read that story in scripture recently. You know, the, the um, parable that Jesus told about the man who, you know, had those extra, you know, bountiful crops. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go build some more barns. And that night his life was demanded Mm. of him. So, Apparently, Jesus does actually need to tell us, take, this is for you to enjoy now in a proper way, Right, <laughs> which is right. not the way I enjoyed my Cadbury Easter egg. Right. It reminds me of a song that you really have given me that I had never heard of before that's so beautiful, and we've played it on different occasions, often at your house. But it is by the group... Um, and I'm now I'm trying to remember their name, Christy, Son of Laughter. Son, right? of laughter Son of Laughter, yes. And it's called I love the, song, him. the name of the song is The Meal We Could Not Make. And it's really beautiful because it's this reminder that there is a meal that is served to us that no matter what we do, it isn't dependent on us. It's really a meal that Christ has laid before us because of who he is and how he sacrificed. And it's really beautiful. I thought I would read some of the chorus here, and then I'll I'll play a little clip, and we'll link it in the show notes. But it says here, well, let's do this. Why don't we both read, Christy? Do you have it in front of you, or am I the only one who has it, the lyrics? I don't. Can you show me yours? And I, I would yeah. love to, because so many of the lines, I almost have it memorized, but it'd probably be good for me to <laughs> check. <laughs> yes, and then here it is. And you can read the first verse, and then I'll read the chorus. And I just think this has been one of the gifts that you've given me. Um, over the years is introducing me to this group. And I have such memories of sitting in the black barn with you and friends and the fire going during the winter and us having this song play that really feels like a prayer and a reminder about what it means to not hoard our Cadbury's eggs, but to savor <laughs> the experience and recognize whence it came from. Oh, gosh, so good. So good. So what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite line or what? <sighs> Don't I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. It's so hard. I feel like the whole I start crying as soon as it plays. I start to cry immediately. <laughs> What's your favorite line? Let's see. So I, I actually really love how it begins because I think there is this gesture to friendship. It says, sit beside me now. There's so much that we've shared. And I think, oh my goodness, over the hundred conversations, but then also just two decades of friendship. Sometimes it's good to stop and acknowledge like we've shared a lot and it hasn't all been wonderful. He says, like the comfort of our doubts and the safety of despair. So many promises have just been tricked. So many remedies have made us sick. Like it hasn't all been good. There have been hard things too. Um, and, and it can be hard in those moments to, to savor something new. He says, do you even have it in you to savor something new? But then the voice of Jesus in the chorus, I think. It says, take and eat. All the work is done. I think that's the line for me where I just want to start crying because I feel like we come from a culture of striving. And it's one of the things I have to constantly push back against, that there isn't something that I, there's that fear always. And we've talked about that in our conversations that I did something wrong or there's something irredeemable or it's too late for me or I'm too old or whatever it is, this like work I feel like somehow I haven't been able to do. But he says, take and eat all the work is done. Stretch out your feet in the Sabbath sun. With this bread, old ambitions break. Oh man, if ever there was a word about <laughs> receiving his bread and just in that moment, letting go of all the ways we keep score. As we pour the wine, we feel our hungry hearts awake to the meal we could not make. 
Mm. And look around the table, behold your company. And I feel like even here now, I can behold my company, which for so long has been you, Lisa Joe. Good company, really, really good company. And I love too, when we have talked about this song in the past, I know we've said like, so he's talking about heaven, right? And there's certainly some, you know, aspects of heaven that come up in the song, but I'm realizing here in the chorus, uh, that meaning of Sabbath, which is something heavenly, it is the kingdom breaking through, it is that final day of rest, but it's also a rest we're invited into even now in our ordinary lives as, as Sabbath comes around week after week. So it's it's both, which is really encouraging to me. It is like this ultimate meal, this ultimate feast that is laid before us in heaven, Um and in the kingdom of God, but it's also available now in these Sabbath gifts, these these Sabbath rhythms, um, these Sabbath meals. And I think that um, to think about uh, the podcast and our conversations and our friendship as a, as a kind of Sabbath gift is um, it just makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like we should we should finish reading it because it's so beautiful. There's something meaningful about just reading it together. And then I'll play a little clip of the chorus. Mm-hmm. But I do love how it says, look around the table, behold your company. And then I think even in these times, especially where we're facing really hard things in the next two weeks, an election that makes the whole country and really the world is watching, it makes everybody nervous and afraid and worried and stressed. Um, but I just love Christ's words, see the needy and unlovable and many enemies. And I just think these days we are constantly in tension with ourselves, but also with people we might love who disagree with us. No matter what side of the aisle we're on, all of us are living in the tension of how do we love well? What does that look like? And then he says, I know that peace has never worked before, but this feast satisfies the thirst for war, for justice has been won and mercies made us new. Like, oh, I just feel so grateful for these reminders that whatever's happening here on earth, it's not the final say. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. And then that great chorus again, take and eat, all the work is done. Stretch out your feet in the Sabbath sun. With this bread, old ambitions break. As we pour the wine, we feel our hungry hearts awake to the meal we could not make. And then I feel like one day we're going to say this to each other. Do you recognize me now? It's been so many years. <laughs> oh, but then it's sad what it says next. Yeah, since, so many years since you laid me in the ground and planted me with tears. We used to joke about the great hereafter. Now he's made each of us a son of laughter. That little hope in you is finally coming true. Oh gosh, that is going to make me cry because it's true. How often have you and I talked about the hope of heaven and then to really remember that one day um, we will be living in that that coming world together is, whoa, That's wild. <laughs> we'll have conversations, hundreds and hundreds to come still. Yeah. Here, let's yeah. see if I've got the chorus in the right place for folks. Oh, take any, all the work is done. Stretch out your in the Sabbath sun, with this bread, old ambitions break. As we pour the wine, we feel our hungry hearts awake to the meal we could not make. To the meal we could not make. To the meal we could not make. I'll link it in the show notes. It's just the most beautiful song. Just a reminder, and as Christy and I were sitting down to talk, we wanted so badly for you who are listening 
to take courage and encouragement from these hundred episodes, not to feel discouraged, but to know that we see that God laid this meal for us. Um, and he began a long time ago, you know, by laying the roots of this friendship and giving us a place that feels like home. And for so long, both of us felt homesick. Christy and I have lived far away from family and far away from friends and in the last 20 years have crisscrossed paths and been far away from each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet here's God like laying new meals over and over again. And in a million years, never would I have expected to be sitting across from you recording podcast episodes for people to listen to. It's so wild. Like there's no way that we could measure this and say, oh, this is something we did. It just isn't. And that's the thing about God. He's He's endlessly creative and endlessly serving us new good food. We just have to have the eyes to see, which I love. My favorite Bible teacher, Tim Mackey, is always saying that Jesus would say that. I used to not always understand why Jesus would say those words like, he who has eyes to see, let him see, or he who has ears, let him hear. But when Tim Mackey is teaching those verses, he actually says it like this, like Jesus would have said something like this, do you have ears? Do you hear? Do you have eyes? Can you see? Like it was an invitation, like, look at what I'm showing you. Listen to what I'm teaching you. There's always from him invitation, not accusation. He's constantly saying, look, 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 take and eat. You know, it's good. You have eyes. You see, you have ears. You hear. (laughs) Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. And I feel like thanks to these conversations, this intentional aspect of our friendship over these two to three years, we're not sure. (laughs) I so much more. I do have eyes to see. I do have ears to hear because in the sharing of stories and in the breaking of bread and all the ways that we've been breaking bread together, um, we we do, it's like a veil. A veil mm. is lifted from your ordinary life and you see it for what it is and you see its beautiful, ordinary smallness and, um, and how lovely it is. And uh, so, yeah, just eyes to see my own life, which includes friendship with you over all these years. And um, and I really do look forward to the next 100 conversations. Although, who's counting, right? Who's counting? <laughs> I will count now. <laughs> I will count in flowers. I will count in roses and gardenias and tulips and daffodils and oak trees. I will count all of those things. I will count in grass seed. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 